Snaked yet though, so that's good. Yeah, what because they're not doing an expansion? No, they are doing expansion. Oh, okay. They just oh. did the expansion before the cost snake like became a real problem. Nice. Well, welcome to the internet live from the Marriott Library at the <laughs> University good one. of Utah. I'll file that under best bits for next episode. Oh uh, no. <laughs> Okay, who said you were choosing? I am the producer. The bitmeister. <laughs> I think. Bitmeister. I think that's what my role would be, right? Producer? Sit around and tell people what to do, fair enough. And I write the script. Yeah. So maybe I'm the script the producer and the writer. The script deucer. The union rules violator. <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk Ottawa, 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 is that and the, Ottawa after the Ottawa. <laughs> is that the Trillium line? Trillium. Trillium. Okay. Welcome to the internet. Live from the Marriott Library at the University of Utah, this is the Red Line Podcast. I'm your host, fully grade-separated light rail using 100% low-floor tram vehicles, and these are my co-hosts. Wait, so this is, this is like um, Seattle, but without Worse. the tiny street running section. And worse. Great. Uh, Kyle, Bombardier was better, Holland, and... Alex, should have just bought a 70s fielder. Today we're talking about Ottawa's perpetually troubled thing, the O-Train Confederation Line. We'll talk transitways, the Trillium Line, and more after the news. This is officially the news theme because I can't remember the real news theme. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, I can't tell you either. It so. goes something like... I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> you're right. That is officially the news theme. Uh, two news items from New York City today as the MTA makes big moves toward a better system. First, the MTA's impending budget crisis has now been averted through 2027 after a budget deal was reached in the state legislature. Along with new funding sources and increased revenue from existing sources, including a possible fare hike to an even $3 on the subway, the MTA will be working hard in the next few years to streamline and improve its operations. As a second note, service on up to five lines within New York City will be free as part of a pilot program implemented by the state under the same bill. These buses will run for free between 6 and 12 months and will include free transfers to the subway as well as other bus lines. The bus routes that the MTA plans to implement the free fare pilot program on are the Bronx 18, A and B, the Brooklyn 60, Manhattan 116, the Queens 4, local and limited, and the Staten Island 46 slash 96, which I assume are the same bus route but in different directions, and which uh, comes out to one for each bur- borough. I gotta I, say, I like this naming scheme. I, d- I don't. I couldn't imagine being a bus Sounds rider. cursed, right? Ugh. Well, you know New Yorkers and their free transfers. You might get some people riding the bus one stop just to get on the subway for free. I would. The, this isn't the the BRT 
the project, is it? No. You mean the... Um, IBX. The IBX? Yeah. No. Has that one gotten on BRT? It yet? has become officially light rail because reasons. Oh, good reasons. Well, why is it should have just been a subway line, and but, you know. Same train I'll train take it. I'll take it over a BRT line, which would please be an tell incredibly me it's bad not, idea. Please tell me it's not low floor. Of course it's low floor. It's America. <laughs> <laughs> it's new bleeping York. Yeah, in a fully dedicated right-of-way. So, how about today's episode about fully grade-separated low-floor light rail again? <laughs> 100% low-floor light rail. Not even, you know, the regular low-floor with the weird little platforms at the end. At least these ones have better capacity for all their shitty maintenance problems. Well, they sure would have better capacity <laughs> if anyone could ride on it, because currently, for about the 15th time since its opening, the Ottawa O-Train Confederation Line, also known as Line 1, is closed because of maintenance issues. <sighs> Okay. This happens a lot. <laughs> I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of sighing in this episode. There, there will be a lot of sighs, a lot of pain, a lot of hatred. It'll be fun. It sounds like it'll be fun. The show. The let's show. Do the, let's do the history bit now. So the question is... No, there's no <laughs> question. What is the history of Ottawa? What is Ottawa? <laughs> uh... So to understand the troubled history of the O-Train, we need to first talk about the city of Ottawa and its transit history. For a city with a fully grade-separated light metro line, Ottawa is remarkably small. The capital city of Canada, which has annexed most of its suburbs, has just over a million people, and there are only about 1.5 million in the entire metro area. Mid-sized city. That's about a Salt Lake City. Yeah, it is. Or a Salt Lake County, I should say. Hmm. Yeah. So if Salt Lake County had one really shitty subway line instead of tracks, it would be Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds okay. like it kind of sucks. Is it as geographically big as Salt Lake County? Mm, I don't know. Look it up. <laughs> I'm going to uh, guess no because Canadians are not as shitty as we are. Uh, this is well known. <laughs> Canadian cities have a much higher hit rate on like good urban form. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, and well, not good urban form so much as good transit, but better urban form, I would say. Yeah. Oh. Um, I'm not sure it's how big... It's weird, right? I'm not sure how big the actual urbanized area is, but, it's like, weird. It's, it's, it's something. Ottawa is really weird because, like, there's a whole bunch of rural land that's administered by the city of Ottawa, so y- you can't quite tell hmm. is, is the point. Oh, uh, urban density, 5,000 per square mile. That is, that's got to be way better than Salt Lake that's County. That's double, probably. Okay. Oh, and uh, metro area density, 480 per square mile. Not sure how much of that. Metro area is a bad metric for that sort of thing. Okay. So it's it's relatively dense. Oh, right, because the urban area is the whole million people. So, yes, it's significantly better density than Salt Lake County, which explains that they even tried uh separated, uh, quote, subway, unquote. Yeah, Salt Lake County is uh, 1,500 people a square mile. So uh, given that the highest density city in Salt Lake County is Kearns, that's not surprising. <laughs> Kearns? Yes. Yeah, Why Kearns? Kearns? I, because there's no industrial land in it or anything like that, and it's just all single-family houses, and it turns out that all single-family houses on normal-sized lots comes out to about 4,000 people per square mile. Dang. Is there no green space? No, 
Orange is like a little rectangle in the middle of a much broader area, so they're not like a normal shape municipality. Okay. Yeah, Kearns is weird. And well, unlike Salt Lake, they don't mean they don't administer a bunch of empty land. Yeah, that's a very unfun fact. Yeah. Now, like, the east side of Salt Lake City is like well, seven thousand, six, six seven thousand people of square mile. But you know that that's not really fair to just count the land that we want to count. So, anyway. <laughs> Um, Ottawa, like most cities in North America, had a streetcar network beginning in the late 1800s, the last of which ended service in 1959. It was the fall of 59, 59, 59. Very good. I'm avoiding getting copyright stricken. (laughs) Very impressive. Uh, Just three days before the 68th anniversary of streetcar service in the city. Oh, they should have kept running it for a year and three days. Things were catching on fire. Literally? (laughs) Yes. Okay. So, you know, at that point, it might be time to move to buses. <laughs> uh, and by that time, the Ottawa Electric Railway Company was already extremely bankrupt. What, as opposed to, like, regular bankrupt? <laughs> there's, there's, ex- there's extremely, there's regular bankrupt, and then there's trying to provide a public service with a private company bankrupt. Oh. Which is, like, all of your infrastructure has degraded... You are running off of, like, thin... Your workers are probably at least, like, three quarters on strike. You know, bankrupt. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so... Versus, like, no. oh, so I you, have a So Union Pacific stage. bankrupt. Union Pacific in five years bankrupt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As opposed to normal bankrupt. Well, you morally before. bankrupt and <laughs> financially yeah, bankrupt. I've been one of those for a while. I've <laughs> been morally bankrupt for a long time. <laughs> 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 Uh, so public transit services were taken over by the city, but then there were more strikes, and and the city gave its public transit and the public transit in the region to a new agency, the Ottawa Carleton Regional Transportation Commission, which is most commonly known as OC Transpo. Yeah, I'm glad they shortened it. That yeah. beats I wish OC that RTC. they hadn't done that. I wish they would have just done OC Transit or something like that. What is an OC Transpo? Transpo. I kind of like, like Transpo. It's like Transpo is to transportation as Sando is to sandwich, you know? Mm. Wait, when <laughs> did they form this? Uh, 73. That is way too late, way too long ago to be talking like this. I know. They were, like, really ahead of the curve in, like, being a Canadians be like, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh... Oh, where am I? So OC Transpo continues to operate public transit services in the English-speaking parts of the Ottawa region to this day. What, are they racist against the French? Uh, no, the French are racist against them. Oh. <laughs> so so there's like, that wouldn't be the French, that would be the Quebecois. So there's, like, bus segregation? There is bus segregation. So, Wait. so it's not like you can't get on the bus if you don't speak French or whatever. <laughs> it's just that... <laughs> not yet. We. <laughs> oui. Nous allons discriminer uh, entre les anglais les films parce qu'ils sont inférieurs. Um, it, is it just like there's only one language on the French buses, so they're extremely inaccessible? Yes. Okay. Bruh. Because the Quebecois are very defensive of French, right? And so they sometimes take it a bit too far. Well, that sounds annoying. <laughs> it is a little annoying. Uh, yeah. So north of the Ottawa River is the uh, Gatineau region, which is called the um, 
oh, I'm going to horribly mangle this in pronunciation, but the Altui, Altua, Atewa, Ah, Atewa. So it's it's just a horrible francophone spelling of Ottawa. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Not to worry, the English do the same thing to French. It words. is spelled O U T A O U A I S. Ottawa. Oh, God. I'm surprised there's not an A-U accent. Oh, my gosh. How did I not see that before? I was trying to puzzle out how to pronounce this darn thing for, like, ten minutes before, while I was writing this episode. <laughs> and it's just Atua, but spelled horribly and in French. Gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What? Uh, so, anyway, north of the river, there's the Société de Transport de Atua. <laughs> uh, which provides local service and commuter service into Ottawa. And then south of the river, there is OC Transpo, which provides, you know, bus service in that part. So Apparently, including busways. Including busways. Bougie. Uh, yeah, so the STO in the north also has its own busway system, which is a commuter busway into Ottawa, which is something I am a fan of personally. I know that this is a controversial topic. Uh, and then Ottawa also has a whole bunch of different busways. And I think that, you know, other than maybe Pittsburgh, um, and I would say that it's more extensive in Ottawa than Pittsburgh, uh, Ottawa has kind of the most extensive uh, embrace of busways as a region in the country. It's cool that somebody's drawing it out. And when I say busways, I mean busways. It's not like a, B- quote, BRT, unquote. It's a busway. It's a road. The buses go on. Of several different routes. And yes. then they leave the road to go to places. Yes. Crazy concept, I know. Crazy. I know. So, um, yeah, but speaking of uh, busways, they call it the transitway system in Ottawa. Whoa. Uh, and, you know, only a few years after OC Transpo was formed, and despite its relatively small size, Ottawa was completely choked with traffic. And both city and transit planners began looking for ways to move buses more quickly through the city without having to get stuck in traffic jams. Fair. Seems reasonable. (laughs) And therefore a busway. Uh, Yes, actually. Uh, A system of busways that would run both east-west through downtown as well as to the southern suburbs of the city. Uh, The initial lines were extremely impressive using combinations of pre-existing rail infrastructure and, you know, beside the highway sort of things. Uh, to build what was essentially a bus light rail system <laughs> because buses ran on service streets in dedicated lanes through a few blocks of downtown. This is comical. Mm. Quite fun, actually. Um, I'm quite impressed with the design of the system. There's normally several local buses that feed into the system uh, to allow for quick one-seat commutes from outlying areas, and then there's also often dedicated services just to increase frequency since it's so well used. So it's, pre- it's pretty cool. And you can see a map of it here. Um, all of the red part of the O-Train lines was the original uh, east-west busway. Well, then they just deleted the busway and put the O-Train? Yes. Sweet. It's the old promise of busways that it can eventually be converted to white rail, but they're the only people that have ever actually done it. Them <laughs> <laughs> mm? Canadians. Those Canadians, Built they're different. so weirdy. Built different. I guess. Uh, Let's talk about the O-Train. The OG O-Train, the Trillium line. O-O-G. 
Oh, oh, Ottawa, oh, oh, train. <laughs> so Ottawa, it turns out, before the most recent O-Train debacles, has been really good at public transit. Uh, the original O-Train line is probably the most cost-effective transit project ever undertaken in North America. Uh, in total, it costs $21 million to build a five-mile, five-station DMU line, including the cost of vehicles. What? Did what? They- did they build anything? What? what? Uh, how? When was this built? Uh, 2001. What? So that okay. comes to a total cost of like $4.25 million a mile. Right. You could spend that just on vehicles if you wanted. Oh, easily. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. Uh, the Secret, it ran on underused Canadian Pacific track and ah. only had one short passing sighting. Despite this, it ran decent service every 15 minutes from day one and was a massive hit. Uh, it carried nearly 12,000 riders every day on five miles on of track. On five miles. By 2011 and 20,000 per day in 2019. Oh, 4, daily riders per mile for $21 million. For what? context, tracks received about 1,200 riders per mile, and it cost about $50 million a mile. The, the North-South line did. This has got to be, like, the best ROI on a train project ever. I, I take it that Canadian Pacific is not actively hostile? Oh, they are. Oh. It's just a very not well-used section of track. Well, it's like okay. UP. They don't want track, so they don't really mind getting rid of it. Uh, they still use it. Oh. Only at night. And only, like, one train a week, but they use it. Just like Trax. Uh, Trax has three trains a week. Oh, boy. <laughs> Exciting. That's so many trains. Well, I, I was just wondering, because I wasn't sure if they would just take up the whole track. Alden? and Yeah. No. Um, and the funny thing is, it was the first project to ever bring European rolling stock to the United States. Mm-hmm. So, like... We hadn't done DMU lines since the Bud Company died. It's not in the United States. Oh, yeah, North America. Whatever. Same country. (laughs) Budget United States. Uh, I think we're Budget Canada, maybe, but... (laughs) In this situation, yeah, actually. Uh, Yeah, but European trains have a narrower loading gauge than American trains. Interesting. uh, So that they have to have platform extenders so that they can pull them up so that um, freight trains can still go by. Mm. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. So what's the reason for, in 2001 of all years, getting European-style trains? Money. It was cheap. Right, because they don't know how to build trains. Yeah. And no one was making DMUs in North America at that time? Oh, right, because it's DMU. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, it's not, a, it's not a light rail line. It's a DMU line. Mm. But kind of the same thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Light rail with fumes. Light rail <laughs> with American characteristics. <laughs> yeah. Light rail with oil. Mm-hmm. Um, so the relative success of the Trillium line has laid the groundwork for the Confederation line, which is its um, bigger, badder, older brother, or younger brother, uh, to be built about 15 years later and has allowed it to be expanded. As of 2023, a 10-mile expansion to the south as well as the spur line to Ottawa's airport, is under construction and expected to be completed sometime this year. The line will feature shorter headways, double track, and new Stadler Flirt DMU trains. Bougie. Sweet. So why aren't they electrifying? Money. 
And because this is a, quote, commuter rail, unquote, line. Sure. <laughs> sure. Unlike the O train, which is a light rail, which you electrify, you don't electrify commuter rail. Oh, no. See the difference? Because why would you? And yeah. shorter headways. And I, I think the other reason is that they would have had to do some unnecessary right-of-way expansions on the original line if they had done oh. um, overhead electric. Is it just old and too small for poles? Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Well, like, the tunnel clearances are not always, ah. and you don't want to you gotta maintain rebuild the entire tunnel. Yeah, that makes sense. So, this project was significantly more expansive than the original project. It's like $400 million, but still not too bad for 10 miles. Yeah, yeah these days. These days. These days. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Actually, I'd say that's a pretty decent cost. In the year of our Lord, whatever, it's the one they built this in. That's 2019 was when it began. That's quite good for 2019. Mm-hmm. Oh, and double track, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, that was cool, and everyone was like, wow, that's cool. Let's build another one. And then they proceeded to build something far worse. <laughs> so, uh, the transit ways, in a way, suffered from their own success because they were so good. Uh, and by the 2010s, OC Transpo and the city of Ottawa were getting concerned about massive overcrowding on transitway buses. What and a problem to have. <laughs> I know, right? And this is why busways can be a problem if not used correctly. This is why train. Mm-hmm. This is why train. Um, so in the final days of 2012, a $2.1 billion contract was awarded to the Rideau Transport Group. Rideau, maybe? Transport Group <laughs> to build the original 7.8-mile 13-station line. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it's not bad per mile, though, it's is not it? It's like $250 million a mile. Are they building, like, a tunnel? It's fully grade separate, and yes, they are. Oh, that, <laughs> that would do <laughs> it. I'd say that's a pretty reasonable cost for a metro line. Yeah, I, I think so. Even if you're using, what? somewhat bizarrely, a fully low-floor light rail system. Did they just build it, like, <laughs> under the busway or something? Basically. That's hilarious. Um, and later that month, the Ottawa City Council unanimously voted to build the East-West LRT line, and it was off to the races. Initial construction on the Belfast Yard maintenance facility began in April of 2013, and construction on the Lions downtown tunnel began in October of the same year. Cool. Fast. Yeah, they really had pretty fast turnaround on being like, hey, we're going to build this in December of the first of 2012, and then they're like, next year, let's actually start building it. Well, I guess That's they don't good. have to do a 20 year long EIS process. They like maybe already did the EIS, probably. Smart. Uh, then the first of several disasters struck. <laughs> on February 21st of 2014, a sinkhole opened up on Waller Street above the under, constru- above the under construction downtown tunnel. Mm-hmm. A, wait, it opened like in the top of the tunnel, not in the bottom? Mm-hmm. Above it. That sounds like some just poor construction. Yeah. Uh, I, I could get below because you, you might not have surveyed the rock that well, but above? I hope you know it's above you. No, it's apparently they deep. did not. This isn't like a deep hole, <laughs> is it? Uh, then, uh, no one was hurt on that one, and construction continued at pace. Uh, with the first stations on the transitway closing for construction or conversion to light rail in 2015. Then... Another sinkhole opened downtown in 2016, this one on the busy corner of Rideau and Sussex streets. A gas leak ensued, and businesses nearby had to be evacuated. A van also fell down the hole. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, So are they just really bad at tunneling? The company that did this is, as we're going to see more of, 
very bad and maybe evil. Oh, that seems less than ideal. Oh, I'm looking up the pictures now. That's a big sinkhole. Yes, it is. That's a very big sinkhole. I would yeah, simply... Yeah, Van fell down it. I would simply be competent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, later that same year, a group of workers were trapped in the tunnel after a portion collapsed, raising yet more questions about the competence of the group building the thing. Train testing would resume later that year after the issue was fixed. So, did, did they just, like, say, oh, it's fine again? Mm-hmm. That, okay. That's okay, well, that, that's, let's hear a few more disasters. And it, did you hear that it collapsed and trapped people in the tunnel for a while? Did they? Uh, I feel like there should have been a big investigation after the first incident. I mean, well, everyone started suing the city and the company at that point. Shouldn't there have been immediately an internal investigation? Well, it only took them until 2022 to release the report for that investigation. Um, then, in May of 2018, the RTG missed their first handover deadline. But as there was no penalty in the contract for being late, they extended <laughs> it to November of their own accord. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <sighs> uh, and by this time, legal troubles over the sinkhole were heating up for both the city and RTG, and pressure was mounting to get the thing done, especially as OC Transpo began an att- to attempt to lay off bus drivers in anticipation of the line's opening. Shouldn't they be, like, up-training them into the light rail drivers? That was something that was very confusing to me, is they're planning to get rid of a whole bunch of bus drivers because the line's going to replace them, but why not just expand your budget and use those bus drivers to get this, run more service? Because if you haven't <laughs> noticed, hiring bus drivers, even pre-COVID, is not that easy. Mm-hmm. Well, did, did they not want to train bus drivers to be operators on the... Tr- well... So the O-Train line is only eight miles long, right? Oh. So they're only going to have 15 train sets to operate the whole thing. Okay. okay. Yeah. Which is a lot less than the number of So you only need, like, a hundred train operators. Yeah. Okay. And they probably have more than that many bus drivers. Well, think about how the frequency of service they're running on the busways beforehand just right, to keep right. up with demand. And these, you know, new trains are going to have, like... 20 times the capacity of a bus, so... so that would have taken a budget expansion, mm-hmm. which, you know, would have been cool and smart. Oh, well. Uh, sucks to be that most of the people that were planning to be laid off were, like, they were tried to work it out with the union, so it would be people who were going to retire soon anyway. So, gotcha. you know, it wasn't horrible, but it also wasn't great. Hopefully they got good severance. Um, yeah. Then they were forced to rescind that decision as RTG missed its November deadline that it set for itself, (laughs) then missed a third deadline that it set for itself, then missed a fourth deadline that it set for itself. (sighs) That's no good. I feel like there should have been some penalties for this. (laughs) Well, we didn't put that in the contract. (laughs) What do I know? I'm not a lawyer. (laughs) This is like the REM, but bad. (laughs) (laughs) The construction um, company is terrible. The line was finally substantially completed on July 27, 2019, over a year after it was supposed to be completed and handed over for operations. Also, issues began to be raised with maintenance of the line's complex, 100% low floor <laughs> vehicles, which were breaking down far too often. Understandable when you put all <laughs> the equipment in the ceiling. Okay. Already. Great. Because of these issues, testing wasn't completed until August, and the line didn't open until September of 2019, 
uh, over 500 days after the planned opening. Is it this hard? I guess so. But it was a smash hit. Uh, like 150,000 people were riding it every day. Good. 150,000. Uh huh. On how many miles? Eight. What? <laughs> wild, right? Ottawa is wild for trans. Canada is wild. <laughs> <laughs> I want to move to Canada. <laughs> that that is like that. Those numbers don't even make sense. Let me make sure I have that right. Hold on. 150,000. Let me make sure I have it right. Seems like a lot for one line. Ah, excuse me, 120,000. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> totally less, like, incomprehensibly large. Uh, oh, and that counts... Okay, so 100,000. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, okay. You know, only <laughs> 12,000 riders per mile of trackage on a light rail system, what you know. Hell? Yeah, that's okay. That's only New York City numbers. How much latent <laughs> demand for transit does this place have? No, it wasn't even latent demand because... Every single bus in the entire metropolitan region feeds into this thing because every job and every university spot in the entire city is within walking distance of it. So, like, at both ends, it has massive busways feeding into it, and then halfway through it on uh, both ends, it has massive busways feeding into it. Then the middle, it has all the Rideau commuter buses feeding into (laughs) it, and then it also has the 20,000 people on the Trillium line feeding into it. Every day. Jeez. So it's wild. That's impressive. Um, Not really. Yeah, it was, so it's, it was great, right? Everyone's super happy. Uh, then it immediately melted down. Literally? Uh, we're talking a month into operation. Oh, my goodness. Door issues. Because uh, because of high passenger volumes, the doors could not close because they used low floor tram vehicles, and also people were holding them open. And as low floor tram vehicles with low floor tram doors, they had horrible doors and door faults all the time. Why didn't they use regular metroish trains? Great question. Uh, then there were computer issues. Really, computer issues? I mm-hmm. thought this was a solved problem. Uh, then sewage smells at downtown stations. What? Was there, like, a sewage leak? Yes. Given how bad this company is at building tunnels, that's not entirely out of the question. Uh, then there was dirt falling from the ceiling of the tunnel onto the trains. This tunnel is so okay. bad. <laughs> <laughs> how is this tunnel so bad? Uh, then an overhead wire breakage. And all of those things happened before 2019 was over. That's in the first four Wait. months of operations. Right. So okay. there was one day where literally, like, 15,000 people had to leave the O-Train and walk to work. Bruh. Okay. Bruh. Ugh. This, this company that built this is, like, incomprehensibly bad. Do they just, like, choose the contractor with the lowest bid? I guess. Or is there only one tunnel contractor and somehow they're, um, like, It was meant to be a PPP, business? right? And they're like, this guy can do a build-maintain contract with us mm-hmm. and so we'll do them and then turned out they sucked and now they get to live with the consequences forever not um, build and not maintain <laughs> uh, so over the next few years there would be more overhead wires, multiple derailments broken wheels wheels that are the wrong shape oh, fires wait, wait. wheels are the wrong shape uh-huh. and if yeah, wheels as- they messed up a circle. Uh-huh. And if okay. wheels are the wrong shape on a train, it makes them derail because of the way that uh, turning works on trains. 
Um, How do you mess up the wheels? And so I believe that there were over 20 closures between the opening of the line and today. Bruh. Yeah, that's that's unacceptable for a service of that many people. Not even like regular service disruptions, which were uncountable, first of all. <laughs> but that's closures. Days, like multiple day long closures. Yeah. Bruh. That's that's no good. Oh, yeah. my goodness. This thing is a lot of stations. 13. Cool. On eight miles. That's not that bad. Okay, but that's like all like metro density. They don't, like, fan out to go to the middle of nowhere. Yes, because it's all in the city center, really. That would do it. Um, so it was bad, and then what it made, it, it all this kind of made what should be a really popular and successful service, as we saw, 100,000 riders a day with all the issues into uh, a nightmare of unreliability and pain in the ass for OC Transpo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's terrible. It's 2023. Aren't like trains kind of a mostly solved problem? You'd think so. They've been a solved problem but we for have to, 100 years. In North America, you see, we have to innovate. Yeah, by making all fully low-floor vehicles on grade-separated lines. Mm-hmm. We, we have to take something that works and make it work Stupid for no good less. Reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the city has sued the contractor, its insurers, and others, and people have sued the city, people have sued the contractors. It's a whole mess of legal litigation still. That's going to take a long time to untangle. Uh, and reports blame it all on corruption, but I think system design has something to do with it as well, which we'll get into. Uh, and then, just yesterday, actually, as of the time of speaking... Uh, the entire system had to be taken out of service on July 18th because of yet another mechanical issue. And service is currently suspended indefinitely as of July 19th. Indefinitely. Uh, indefinitely. What people get... There's cracks in the bearings. What? Did I just buy the worst? Well, I guess I did buy the worst Alstrom. trains possible. Alstom. Bad company. Don't buy your trains from them. We'll talk about this in a second. Well, I... Yeah. And, and this is all really bad because if you scroll down, you can see the planned expansion map. So you see the uh, Trillium Line expansion, which is going to go south. But you also see that the regular road train is getting a $4 billion really long expansion out into the suburbs. Nice. $4 billion cost snake bid at that time. But yeah. it's still not completely unreasonable given that it is fully grade separated. But it's definitely bad. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, why is this happening? God hates Ottawa. God hates Ottawa. Good, good um, answer. The contracting process imploded at some point. They, yeah. They brought bad trains and hired bad contractors. So Alstom is a Canadian train manufacturer, a French, a French and Canadian train manufacturer, right? Okay. Uh, One would think that they make trains that go on tracks for, in the forward direction. So, <laughs> apparently, not. one could guess. Let's yeah. talk about vehicle choice for this system for a second. Because what they chose is the. Hold on, I had it here somewhere. Alstom Cetatus Spirit, which is kind of a long boy train, right? It's a, effectively like two S70s, but one train. Okay. And it is 100% low floor. 
I'm sure this train would be, like, all right as a streetcar. Yeah, but when you're trying to run the intensity of operations of a light rail or a metro, you do not use a streetcar. Really? Interesting. You, you should get something more reliable. Yeah. That has the mechanical bits in the right places. Yeah, <laughs> interesting, right? So uh, my solution to the to the rolling stock problems is to throw these things in the trash and just buy S70s. Or better yet, S700s, which are the same thing with slightly different seating. Yeah. You can take out some of the seats to make them a higher capacity. I know you're going to need it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a horrible decision. And the really bad thing about this being revealed as a horrible decision, guess who else bought these trains? Who? So, you know, um, Toronto yeah, has been building the Eglinton Crosstown, which uh -huh. is a uh, extremely long and extremely important light rail line in the Crosstown in the north of the city. Okay. You will never guess what vehicle they're using for that. The same 100% low floor light, light rail train. Why? Innovation. I'll be, let me guess, because their line has street running sections. No. It is mostly grade separated. Because they already own and maintain these vehicles and want to save on maintenance. Hear me again. It's <laughs> mostly grade separated. It runs like half in a tunnel, and the other half is in like your pretty bog standard median running light rail. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. But they're using these, and I can tell that's going to work out just so well for them. Stupidest vehicle. Um. Stop buying 100% low floor trains. You know who else bought Alstom trains? Who? Amtrak. The new Acela trains were mm. Alstom trains. Mm. And they have been delayed in service again until at least 2027, I believe. Because they don't work. So h how is this manufacturing business? I don't how know. How are they still making trains? I don't know. They're how bad. How French, French inferiority, I guess. Yeah. How does yep. any transit company look through their train options and not just discount this one as having a terrible track? Why don't you just get an S700? Everybody uses them because they frickin' work. <laughs> like, what part of their procurement procedure is leading them to, like, choose these trains? This just oh. sounds like such a Oh, nightmare. you know who else is getting these? Oh. Who keeps buying these? Edmonton's Valley Line. <laughs> they don't work. Okay. So, uh, moral one of the story, do not hire a corrupt contracting firm for a PPP thing and make the incentives such that if they miss their delivery date, they have to pay you back. Yeah. Which is why the RAM is working. <laughs> and this is not. Interesting. You can't just ask the contractor nicely to do things. Moral two. Do not use streetcars on a metro. <laughs> really? That feels like something that we should not need to say. But... And now they're locked into this service pattern forever because they have these downtown tunnel stations. With low floor platforms. With low floor platforms. Why? So, so in other words, Ottawa, you guys, I love your system so much and I think it's great, but I sure wish you would um, consider changing your rolling stock <laughs> to something more reliable. Yeah. I understand oh. the appeal of all low floor, and I understand it's I don't in theory more accessible. Not but at this point, like you're in trouble, guys. I, I, this keeps only, happening. It's, it's only more accessible when it's street running. It's been like four years since the line opened. Now, 
and yeah. they're still having massive horrible troubles with this all the time. You, you can just as easily raise the platforms. Not so much elevators. In the downtown. What? Elevators. You have to rebuild all the elevators, all the escalators. You have to re- basically rebuild the entire station. Yeah, these aren't uh, like uh, these aren't like median running. Platforms. Yeah, these aren't like track stations. These are like great separated stations underground. Yeah. And oh, and they have the the weird push pushy thing, don't they? Because uh, if the the Canadian Pacific trains have to run through, uh, it? that's on line two. Oh, okay. that's on the train okay. line. So hey, at least well, the tunnel hasn't literally collapsed during service. Yeah, it sounds like it might. It will. Yeah. So Alstom, you suck. Yeah. Don't um, buy French. Don't yeah. buy low floor l- streetcar trains for your light rail and/or metro operation. They aren't built for it. RTG sucks too. Who? RTG, the contractor. Oh, yeah, they suck too. Don't let them build your stuff next time. Especially tunnels, apparently. Mm hmm. I would love to see a report of all of the photos of all of the issues. Yeah. Yeah. So, I honestly don't know how to fix this issue at this point because the troubles with the actual infrastructure seem to be mostly resolved, but the vehicles keep breaking all the time. It. It doesn't sound like the infrastructure is resolved. Well, there hasn't been anything major since, like, last year. Well, isn't it closed indefinitely because of the infrastructure? That's because the trains are broken. So, like, the tracks are fine now, the tunnels are fine now, the stations are fine now. Do they have grounds? But the trains are still broken. Did they they reinforce the tunnels? Did they... I don't know, but they don't break anymore, so I'm going to call that a win. Do they have grounds to sue for the trains not working? They keep trying. If, and <laughs> if they made a similar contract, they probably left a bunch of stuff out. <laughs> so. Probably. Yeah. Okay, well. So it's it's a bit of a mess. I feel very bad for everyone in Ottawa who now has to take shuttle buses through oh downtown. That's yeah. horrid. Because the transit way has been dismantled, so you just have to get, like, on a really slow rail replacement bus. <sighs> what is this, Britain? Yeah. Britain. And there's great plans for expansion, and it's under construction, but is it any good if... The trains don't even work? <laughs> the trains don't work. Hey, hopefully the, uh, any tunnel segments of the expansion, if any, uh, don't collapse. Inshallah. Uh, so, the conclusion is, maybe just follow Edmonton's example if you're going to build a white me- rail white metro. Yep. What did they do? Get high floor high vehicles? High floor vehicles with S... 200s. No, cr- no, no, no crap. Use high floor vehicles. Yep. See also the run. See also LA Metro. See also Muni Metro. See also St. Louis. See also Seattle should have done this but didn't. Um. Yep. Stop buying low floor trains unless you're running in the middle of the street for most of your thing. Yeah. Uh, so that's all I got. Any other further comments on this? Sad, sad tale of sadness. No, I'm just, uh, I'm just sad. Maybe a good follow-up to the transit cost projects by whatever cool people did that would be the transit incompetency project. Well, I mean, it's clearly exhibited somewhat here and also in Austin where they're managing to build uh, 10 miles of light rail for $8 billion. (sighs) (sighs) Surface running light rail. Did you say $8 billion? $8 billion. Okay. 
I'm sure that's just oh my god. I'm sure they've already burnt hundreds of millions of dollars of design. Alone. That's just oh. This is not even funny anymore. That's I'm moving dumb. to Europe. Good I don't plan. care if quality of life is declining there. Well, it's not England, so that's <laughs> true. Public transport is expensive in England anyway. This is true. I don't want to live in England ever. Well, you might have to. No. When the United States collapses, that's your only refuge. I'll, I'll, I'll help go rebuild. Go to Canada. You'll help rebuild. I'll help rebuild. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. No. Go live, go live in a cabin in the woods with really large Yeti flask. I, I'm extremely patriotic because I was not born in England. So... Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe, or follow us and leave a rating if you're on iTunes and Spotify. If you like what we do here, you can become a supporter on Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, as well as exclusive content and an occasional merch drop. Speaking of our patrons... At Double Tracked Super Duper 125 Mile an Hour Logan to uh, Nephi Tier, we have Zach Adams. And uh, at all of those things minus one thing, <laughs> I don't know, maybe 125 mile an hour. It goes 90 instead. We have generic GT. At regular frontrunner tier, $10 a month, we have Curtis Herring, Devin Zander, Mike Christensen, Phobos2390. That's it. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and Thanks. then our headline tier, $5 a month, we have Brian Smith, Christopher Whaley, DJ I will. Watkins, Jacob Whitecotton, reluctant LA resident, Robert P. Walsh, and Scott Harris. Blue Line tier, uh, trains that uh, work better than Ottawa's, at <laughs> least. <laughs> um, we have Alex Dykelski, Ben Busap, Bradley Bondi, Elijah Kensler, Ethan McDonald, Evelyn, G4, Gonza12, Jack Dean, Jesse Mayo, John Heron Gorman, Martin Hecker Martinez, Matt Gray, Old Trolley, and Seth. Uh, Green Line Tier $1 with Patrick Sloss. Uh, yeah, tune in next episode for our 50th episode extravaganza, where we will be answering listener questions, talking about our favorite stuff in the past, and generally rambling. Thank you. Goodbye. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Who doesn't love an excellent quality ramble? <laughs> <laughs>